tennis fans, and welcome to yet another edition of Match Point Canada. I'm Ben Lewis, and no Mike McIntyre for this week. He has it off. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at BenLewisSN590. Find us at Match Point Can. We are the official podcast of Tennis Canada. And as we speak right now, action is well underway at the 133rd edition of the oldest tennis tournament in the world. It's the Wimbledon Championships held from the All England Club. And to join us for the episode, he's on the grounds right now, special guest, from Tennis Now, and he's also the voice of the Lucky Let Cord podcast, Chris Otto. Chris, thanks so much uh, for joining me on the program this week. My pleasure, Ben. Really nice to be on with Matchpoint Canada. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, I-, I wanted to start on the men's side for the simple fact that most of our Canadians in the field are on the men's half of the draw. Milos Raonic, Felix Ogialiasim, and Denis Shapovalov all seated at this tournament. And I'll start with the young phenom because Felix Ogialiasim, I think right now, has, has not only continued to prove to Canadian tennis fans that he's the real deal, but now just to the tennis world that he really is one of the brightest young stars in the game. He's had success on clay. He reached a final in, in Stuttgart as a lead-up. And today he picked up his first Grand Slam match win um, with even still zero Wimbledon experience, how do you think he can handle the pressure uh, of these Grand Slam matches? Well, you know, today's win was really big for him just to get that monkey off the back because, you know, he's been a factor on tour for all season long, just hasn't gotten the breaks at the majors. Some injuries have gotten in the way. Last year, U.S. Open, had to miss the French. So this is just a nice step in the right direction for a player I think we all know is super talented and capable of doing some damage at the majors and potentially even this week. So it was great to see him get a win. You know, he's got a little semi-favorable section of the draw to work with. He might face Grigor Dimitrov or Quarantan Moutet next. So, um, you know, definitely things looking good for him right now. Yeah, and it's an interesting top half of the quarter there. He is in that first half of the quarter with Novak Djokovic, who has also won his first match. Felix Ojealiasim did have a win over Grigor Dimitrov in the in the lead-up on the grass. I, I don't know if there are any Canadians in your mind who can make a, a deep run on the grass uh, this season, but uh, if we do see one, is it more likely a run from Felix or perhaps uh, our veteran Milos Raonic? I think if it's me making the sh- calling the shots, I'd go with Milos just because he's had so much success at Wimbledon in the past and comes in with a 24-8 and lifetime record here. I think it's four out of the last five appearances. He's gone quarterfinals or, or better. Of course, the 2016 final, 2014 semis, a couple quarterfinals in the last two seasons. Health is always the issue with Milos, but he's usually able to fight his way through a couple rounds, and I think that's what he's planning to do this year. So, I mean, I think I, if you're picking a guy that's more likely to go to the quarters, I might say Milos, but I think Felix, as we all know now, has the capacity to surprise us all. And uh, he is the, the youngest player inside the top 100 and inside the top 25. Milos Raonic on the court right now in his first-round match as we record, and hopefully he can find his way through. He's taking the uh, first set over Prajnash Gunaswaran, so he looks like he's in good shape right now. Uh, before I get to Denis Shapovalov, just a sort of general overlook at the draw. Um, 
we we make a, an issue it seems like every year about the uh, seating formula at Wimbledon and it certainly has changed things uh, this year in particular because Rafael Nadal of course he had such a fantastic campaign winning Roland Garros for a, a 12th time uh, but there's no reward when you move over the grass he's dropped to uh, the third seed and Roger Federer moves up to number two how do you think that has factored into maybe who are the favorites at this event? And I don't know about for you, but for me, that one, two, three seeding is almost a reflection of who are the favorites in this tournament, I think. I'd say so, yeah. I think uh, much to do about nothing with the, with the talk about the seeding. The formula has been in place for quite a while, and we all knew how it was going to be called, and that's the way Wimbledon did it, pretty much by their own book. Um, and back to your previous question, I think it favors Novak Djokovic a little bit because now we have Nadal and Federer headed for a potential semifinal, which looks, at this point, it's very early. Of course, a lot can happen, but it looks likely. And that just makes things a little bit easier for Novak and his half because, um, you know, let's face it, the big three are the guys who are probably going to come away with this title. They've won 10 consecutive majors. I think they've won... I think it's 53 of the last 64 majors one of these three great players has won. So you know that one of the three is probably going to come away with this title. And, of course, it makes things easier for Novak not to have to face one of the other big three before the final. So I think it favors him. And uh, as for Roger Federer, uh, picking up a 10th title in Halle must have been huge for the confidence. Just the second player in the open era now to have won, won double digits at uh, an event uh, joining Rafael Nadal. Uh, I think he's, I don't want to say flying under the radar, but uh, we forget last year sort of how it all transpired. It took a 15-13 fifth set win and that type of effort from Kevin Anderson. Uh, should we really be taking him a bit more seriously as someone who can absolutely hoist a ninth Wimbledon title and, and potentially a 21st Grand Slam? Mm, well, I think, well, I, I don't know. You surprise me when you say that, Ben, because I think that everybody out here is taking him seriously and considering him to be a serious favorite. I think we all know last year that if he had converted that match point, he gets Anderson in the third set, he gets through that and straight, and who knows what happens. And I think if you look at a potential, and this is, again, looking way far ahead, and we probably shouldn't do this, but if you think that Federer and Djokovic match up in a final, you have to say, yeah, Novak Djokovic is a small favorite based on history, based on maybe youth, and based on, really, frankly, how good Djokovic is on the grass. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for being a great grass quarter because we always think of as Federer, for, we think as Federer as the dominant and superior grass quarter in all of tennis, but you know, Djokovic is rapidly catching up, but I think that final would be an incredible matchup to see on, on grass in particular. If we see those players face off on any other surface, I think you're pretty, pretty sure that Djokovic can come through, but on grass, that would be great. But as far as Federer being overlooked, I'm not so sure, but um, you know, maybe you're onto something, and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it does feel like he's a little under the radar, but he has a pretty nice draw. I mean, Nishikori, his potential quarter. He opens with Lloyd Harris of South Africa. He could face either Lucas Puy or Richard Gasquet in the third round. There's Matteo Berrettini in there. But again, there's such a striking difference between the big three and the rest of the field right now. And we're seeing it with Stefano Tsitsipas, who, uh, forgive me because I've left the grounds and hadn't checked, but he's down two sets to one in the first round. And he's one of the maybe three, four, or five potential guys that could win this title other than the big three. Well, uh, that that's kind of the point I wanted to really get into next. We we talk so much about the big three, and, and it does seem very improbable that we'll see another player hoisting the Wimbledon trophy two weeks from now. But uh, are there any other names you do have circled? Uh, 
uh, perhaps a Tsitsipas, a, as you mentioned, who is currently in trouble, and Alexander Zverev, uh, or maybe more of a veteran type like a Kevin Anderson or a Marin Cilic. A- anybody who's maybe opening your eyes as someone who could, who could make a deep run into the second week and give one of the big three some serious trouble. Well, good point with Marin Cilic. He's slated to potentially face Rafael Nadal in the round of 16. And, and we speak about the big three again. Nadal's draw is, I think, the worst of all the of, of the other big three members because he could potentially face Nick Kyrgios in the second round. Um, and he could potentially face either Denis Shapovalov, who we'll probably talk about a little bit, or Joe Wilford Sondra in the third. And if he gets through those rounds, then... If Chilich finds his form, he could do some damage against Nadal. But Chilich, again, was very disappointing losing early last season after making the final in, in 2017. So it's hard to know what to expect from him. I like, I'm like. i curious to see what Dominic Team could do. He's a player that's really under the radar. Nobody thinks he can do a whole hell of a lot on the grass, but you never know. I mean, we haven't seen him on grass this season, so I guess we need at least a round to find out something more about his form this season on grass. Yeah, Dominic Team certainly a f- uh, fascinating player because we haven't seen major uh, results at Wimbledon. He's never been beyond the fourth round. A tough first-round match uh, against Sam Querrey. At the same time, uh, you think maybe you can carry over some momentum from running to the finals at the French Open. You are listening to Matchpoint Canada. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at MatchpointCan. You can find me, Ben Lewis. At Ben Lewis SN590, our guest this week from Tennis Now is Chris Otto as we are breaking down and previewing Wimbledon, which is now underway on day one as we speak. We'll talk about Denis Shapovalov. Uh, the narrative when we were on our podcast last week was uh, a young player who was simply in a slump. He was struggling. He had dropped eight of ten matches, had, of course, a very tough clay court campaign. Uh, but to me, he still remains one of the... Uh, best shot makers on the tour out of the young guns who's who's capable of going on runs and beating a lot of top players and I think the grass does suit his game uh, what do you make of his draw and maybe his chances to uh, run run off a, a win or two and get his feet wet a little bit at Wimbledon because it's been a bit of a tough season for him lately well yeah it's been tough for Dennis um, and you know he really loves to play on the grass and last year he came in with really high expectations and was it's extremely disappointed that he didn't get get through against uh, Benoit Paire. I think that was the second round matchup. I think he had higher hopes for himself. This year he comes in with a lot lower expectations. You're right, he hasn't been playing well, but he did uh, have a get some confidence picked up when he faced Novak Djokovic over at the Boodles in an exhibition. I was, I didn't see the match, but apparently he took a, he took a match from Djokovic. That ought to give him some confidence. And his draw is not too bad. He's gonna. Open up with, uh, who does he face? Ricardus Barankis. That's definitely a winnable match for him, though not easy. Nothing's easy out here as we're seeing today. We saw Naomi Osaka get upset. But, um, but yeah, I think I think it might be um, time for Dennis to break out of this slump. We know he's got the talent. I think we know that he's still very young and has, has a lot of time to get his game together. And I think maybe when we least expect it, he'll get back on another run again. That is uh, the hope. Just to update all of our fans, Felix Ocealiasim, as mentioned before, did pick up his first Grand Slam match win coming at Wimbledon, defeating fellow Canadian Vashik Pospisil in four sets. I suppose a little unfortunate that two Canadians had to play each other in the first round of the event, but that is simply the way it goes. As you mentioned, Rafael Nadal, to me, uh, and to you seems to have uh, the most brutal draw of the big three. And certainly I think we're looking ahead to a potential popcorn match between 
him and Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios, of course, had the enormous upset uh, of Nadal, I want to say, eight years ago at this same event. Um, what what are you expecting from Nadal coming off the French Open? He hasn't had the same results at, at Wimbledon years prior, but he did reach the semis last year. No, yeah, last year was really nice performance from him. And so far from what I've seen, he looks relaxed. He looked real good out there on the practice courts from what I've seen also. Moving real well, striking the ball with authority. He looks comfortable. It looks like he has some court, some sort of a comfort zone now on the grass. And I, I expect him in a lot of ways to pick, off, pick up where he was last year. And um, I think that he'll obviously get through his first round. And then if Kyrgios can come up with the goods and beat Jordan Thompson, which many people expect, but I don't think it'll be as simple as it sounds. Um, I expect Nadal to get through that match. I think that will definitely be the highlight match uh, when it happens. Uh, if Nadal and Kyrgios meet, but you know, I really think Nadal has the potential to win this tournament. And I think he proved that last year when he was just a couple points from beating Djokovic in that epic semifinal that they played. It was a controversial one. It was a, was just a, such a high-quality match. And you have to think that if Nadal had won that match, he likely would have gotten past Kevin Anderson, a player that he's beaten in a Grand Slam final before, and won that Wimbledon title. So he was close last year. And yes, the thing that's going to hurt him this year is perhaps if the draw breaks against him will be the difficulty of his draw in the, in the first four rounds. So if he can get through that, though, I definitely consider him to be a contender. And I think that uh, maybe it would be a toss-up if we actually get this Federer Nadal semifinal that's uh, slated to happen. Yes, and it certainly would be a, a dream semifinal for the fans there in London. We'll see if he can navigate that first week. Potential second rounder, as you said, with Nick Kyrgios, who uh, beat him on the grounds at Wimbledon uh, five years ago, uh, uh, 2014. I'm glad you mentioned Kevin Anderson because we had the privilege of, of speaking to him on our program about a month ago. At that time, he was still rehabbing his elbow injury, and he still actually wasn't taking serves yet. And uh, here he is winning his first round match and starting to work his way through the draw. Um, he, he of course, doesn't have the match play, which isn't going to work in his favor, but uh, his game seems to work so well on this surface uh, that I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those names that can, can make another deep run at what should be his favorite event. You make a good point, Ben. Um, looking at him practice today, again, just hits the ball with such authority. I mean, he's just a towering figure out there, and you can see how difficult it would be just to deal with his his service game from from the, you know from a return standpoint. I mean, he's just vicious, and the strikes that he hits from the forehand and backhand, he's, he's really well balanced. And he's just a, he's just a forceful player. He gives you no time and no space to really move around the court. You really can take advantage of another player's movement. So yes, I think you're right. I think he's a player that nobody's thinking about because we haven't seen him play very much at all this season. So he's a guy who can do some damage. And I just wanted to throw in another name that kind of um, caught my eye today and also during the lead-up to the tournament. Stan Wawrinka looks pretty good. He's a two-time quarterfinalist. He might have one or two good runs at Wimbledon left in him, and uh, he seems to be in pretty good form. He's another guy I think we should watch out for. Yeah, certainly Stan Wawrinka winning in straight sets today. Uh, Wimbledon hasn't been his favorite Grand Slam event, but he's certainly playing some good tennis now and had a, a very strong French Open as well. You are listening to Matchpoint Canada. Our guest this week is Chris Otto. You can find him on 
on Twitter at the fan child. And uh, we'll move over to the women's side because sometimes we just get a little more excitement in terms of results and in terms of trying to predict uh, the women's side of the event because I think where we look on the men's half of the draw and we look to kind of three names who are going to be potentially winning the title, I feel like there are 15, maybe upwards of 20 names who can come away with Wimbledon on the women's side. And uh, I actually want to start with our new world number one uh, because it's a very well-deserved world number one. Ashley Barty has played such fantastic tennis in, in 2019. I don't think we were anticipating the major breakthrough coming at the French Open, uh, but indeed it did. And she's backed it up so magnificent, uh, magnificently well, uh, transitioning to the grass courts and winning a title as well in Birmingham. Uh, so what do you make of our new world number one on the women's tour and just how far can she soar in terms terms of these types of results. Absolutely love Asparty's game. I love her demeanor. I love everything about her and what she was able to do at Roland Garros, surprising us all and winning a major on a surface that most people thought was probably her worst surface and may still be. It shows how capable she is of winning matches in any condition. So here she is at Wimbledon in what we're calling the quarter of death. It's going to be a challenging road for anybody to come through that section that features seven former Grand Slam champions, four former Wimbledon champions. Uh, it's going to be a rough ride. She could face Muguruza in the third round, but you know what? I think she has it in her. I think she's really calm enough, poised enough, and talented enough to make her way through this draw and potentially win this title. Yeah, well, uh, I'm certainly circling that potential third round match. Garbina Muguruza, you, you know, former world number one. We haven't seen the same level of form from her from the past couple of years, but you always take a Wimbledon champion and a two-time Grand Slam champion seriously. Uh, probably her best event was just a couple of years ago at Wimbledon when she captured the title. And already we get such a big-time match, hopefully, in the third round. So we'll see what Ashley Barty can do in terms of the first week. And on that first half of the draw as well. We'll move over to Serena Williams. I was personally surprised that she actually decided to compete at the French Open uh, because there were reports that maybe she wasn't physically there, physically ready. Uh, I know you've been down on the grounds. I don't know if you've had a chance to to watch her and and what you make of her game and her conditioning if she's ready to uh, take the next step and be back to competing and, and getting to finals and maybe winning a Grand Slam yet again. Is she there yet? Well, it's, I haven't seen her practice, to be honest. Um, the, the talk that I've been hearing is that she did a lot of rehab after Roland Garros and, had, and saw some doctors, and, and she's basically cleared up whatever ailments were bothering her, which I believe was in her knees. So that's good news to hear. We'll have, you know, seeing is believing, so we'll see what kind of form she can take into this tournament. Fitness is important, not as important on the grass for Serena, and she can get by a lot more with that legendary serve and some first-strike tennis and maybe not need to be as fleet-footed, but she certainly will need it at some point, as was proven last year when she really didn't match up with Angelique Kerber in the final. But let's think about this. She was able to make that final last year and probably in worse form physically than she is now. So I definitely think that she can do some damage here. The good news for Serena is that her first couple rounds look manageable. And then, of course, that quarter of death kicks in like it does for everybody else in this section. And things are going to be really complicated third, fourth, and quarterfinal rounds for everybody in that section. 
Certainly. And Angelique Kerber, I'm glad you mentioned her because uh, she is part of that quarter of death. And it would be fascinating to, fascinating to see a rematch between those two players. Uh, Kerber, uh, to me, is one of the most solid players we have on the women's tour in, in terms of re- reliability of getting pretty deep into tournaments with frequency. Uh, but we haven't actually seen her win a title yet in 2019, which is Uh, somewhat surprising to me, Uh, but she still is the defending champion at at Wimbledon. And we saw what she was capable of in 2016, winning two grand slams that year and losing in the finals of Wimbledon. Uh, Maybe this is a great opportunity for her to defend her title once again and and prove that she can return to the top of her game, even though she's now, you know, competing in her thirties, battling against these young, great players. Yeah, she's great on the surface in 30 and 10 lifetime at, at Wimbledon and just is really comfortable. Her counterpunching, the fact that she's able to get so low on the ball, she just creates so many problems for her opponents. So, so yeah, I mean, she's to me there, you mentioned 15 people, maybe who knows, maybe 25 people could win this title. But to me, she's one of the, I'd say, four or five that I really think has kind of the uh, – is on the fast track to winning. I mean, she's just has so much history here. And as we all know, it's important to have experience, to have history on this surface and at this event. She certainly has that on her side. And, uh, well, I'll challenge you to name a, a few others that, that you have in mind to perhaps win the title. Uh, a couple names I'm curious about. Of course, Naomi Osaka is now out, but uh, Johanna Conta has been playing very good tennis. She's a former Wimbledon semifinalist, and I think she's comfortable playing at home in front of the home crowd. Um, is she maybe one of those five names, or maybe you can run it down for us uh, of who you're really looking at to potentially come through at, at Wimbledon on the women's side? Uh, Joe can do some damage for sure, for sure. And she obviously making the Roland Garros semifinals shows that she's ready to play some big time tennis on the biggest stages. She's not on my short list. I probably would pull three names from that, uh, that quarter of death we're talking about. I'd say Barty, Serena and Kerber are potential winners of this title. And then I look at the bottom half and I say, well, they might benefit from not having things be so complicated and not having to go through too many rough matches before they make it to say the final weekend and I look at Carolina Pliskova a player who's just fresh off a title at Eastbourne got through a first match uh, today I think she can do well I was thinking about Simona Halep though I'm not so convinced after her performance today and she may have picked up a leg injury but there's a few other names in that side of the draw I like Madison Keys for a breakout performance there I think she has a decent favorable draw her game makes sense on the grass she hasn't played a grass court warm-up event, but I, I think she's kind of one of those players, and, and it seems like there's one of these or two of these players every Grand Slam that just completely go on a dream run. I think she could be that player. Well, uh, I'll, I'll lead that into our next question. What do you think is more likely, and uh, we sometimes like to ask this uh, for every Grand Slam event coming up on the women's side, we're going to get a repeat Grand Slam winner, or are we going to see a brand-new Grand Slam champion? Wow, it feels like we're with so many different Grand Slam champions in the last, say, 10, 12 majors. It feels like we're running out of names, right? <laughs> you never you never know. I'm going to say I'm going to say we're going to get a repeat this time. Really? Okay. 
Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up Madison Keys. She's one of those names that I have circled. Uh, and she just seems too talented to me, uh, too great of a ball striker to not own a Grand Slam title yet. And uh, as you said, that draw is shaping up pretty nicely for her to make, potentially make a deep run. Uh, those, uh, Carolina Pliskova as well, those two players to me are, are, I think, the two best players right now in the women's tour uh, yet to win a Grand Slam title. So perhaps uh, this is their moment to shine yeah you know what that's that's true i think you so so you're picking the other side then i'll go with the other side just first time winner just uh just to mix it up another name i'm a little curious about more of a dark horse player but she did win a grass court lead up coming in is caroline garcia she hasn't had a a big wimbledon run per se uh, in terms of singles results, but uh, she she's done so well in, in doubles uh, before in the past, and she seems to be playing great great grass court tennis as well. Yeah, she's tough down in that bottom half as well, and just a, a a real classic game. I really love to watch her play, and I I don't know what it is that's keeping her from getting to that next level. She's a former top ten player. She she really does have the strokes to make it. And maybe it's just something, something mental with her, but yeah, great breakthrough from her comfortable on the grass certainly makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a, there's a lot of players that are worth watching right now. Teenager that uh, could do some damage. Diana Yastremska is in that lower half. Uh, there's uh Anastasia Sevastova is a really talented player on grass. She's done a lot of damage at other events, comes into Wimbledon with a one in six career record at Wimbledon here, which is just the strangest thing, but she did win her first round match today. So, I mean, you know, with the women's draw, as you, as we all know, you just need to keep an eye on everything and then see who builds momentum. And it could be, like you said, another first time winner. Jeez, I wouldn't be surprised no, we, sure. uh, we uh, certainly wouldn't be surprised as well. We just have one Canadian woman uh, on this side of Wimbledon for the singles. And look, she's a former finalist, but it seems like that was so, so long ago. It, it was five years ago, 2014, uh, that Jeannie Bouchard just had such a fantastic season. Semifinals of the Australian Open, French Open, and then the finals of Wimbledon. We simply haven't seen the same form. And she's really been out of form for 2019. Hasn't played that much either with injury. Uh, any expectation at all from you uh, in terms of Jeannie Bouchard to win a match or two at Wimbledon this time around? I don't see why not. Jeannie loves Wimbledon. She's played some of her greatest tennis here. And even, even in years past when she hasn't gotten deep runs, she's usually pulled out a match or two. It's just, she's one of the greatest mysteries in my mind in, in the game today. I just, Honestly, it's it's difficult for me to fathom what it was that happened in 2014 and what the difference is now. I'm sure that there are many reasons. Maybe it's commitment. Maybe it's mental approach. Maybe it's coaching. But it it really is one of those things that just doesn't add up to me. I don't understand why she hasn't been able to kind of get back and at least have a have another run at it, another go at a slam. And I think she's still so young. I think. It's bound to happen, but we keep waiting for it, and it just doesn't seem to. So, yeah, winner two wouldn't surprise me. Anything more than that, I'd be I'd be shocked by, though. Yes, I, I th- certainly think we've all kind of been puzzled by what's really plagued Jeannie Bouchard over those these past few seasons, just not being able to regain uh, any type of consistent form. And sometimes she shows us glimpses. I, I thought she showed us glimpses late last season in the fall. She had a couple, a semifinal run at one point. I thought she looked good early 2019, competing hard against players like Simona Halep. Uh, and then anytime we see kind of one step forward, it feels like three steps back. So uh, we're hoping 
hoping for the best for Canadian Jeannie Bouchard uh, as she gears up for a first-round match tomorrow morning against Tamara Zidansek. Uh, so that feels like a win- very winnable, very winnable first-round match against a Slovenian player. And uh, look, so much is going to transpire over the next uh, week, next to Chris. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the program and breaking it all down for us and uh, sharing your insights. We really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, Ben. I really enjoyed it. And um, I want to say one more thing about Jeannie. Here's my idea to get her back closer to the top. Bring back Jimmy Connors. He had a pretty positive effect on her for like that one week that they worked together at the U.S. Open. And that was also, we know that week for a lot of other things, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I feel like those two had some pretty good chemistry. I don't know. It might be something worth trying again. Wow, that's a, that's a great idea. That's one I haven't heard thrown around yet. So there's a there's a fresh idea uh, for fixing Jeannie Bouchard's woes. Uh, very much appreciate that. And uh, thanks again uh, for joining us on the program. That was Chris Otto. Remember, you can find him on Twitter at the Fanchild. You can find us at Matchpoint Can. As Wimbledon is well underway, we will catch up with you next week when we are one week through the All England Club. Thanks for joining us on Matchpoint Canada. <laughs>